Welcome to The Lonely Marketer, sponsored by Page. My name is Glenn Southam, and this is your show for all things recruitment marketing. We share the challenges, the successes, advice, and the screw-ups from the leading marketing talent working in recruitment. And most importantly, find out what their favorite swear word is. We speak to the companies working to make marketing recruitment more effective and efficient, and to those people who have opinions that make you think about things that little bit differently. You can find me on LinkedIn, and if you want to follow the bear, then head over to thelonelymarketers.com for links to all of our social channels and to sign up for our newsletter. But now, it's time for the show. Let's do this. Hello, everyone. Welcome to The Lonely Marketer, uh, episode number 87, I believe. And I'm joined by Helena Sullivan, who is the Group Marketing Director of Tronovo Group. Um, you may know Tronovo Group a bit better from their uh, brands, which is Trust in Soda, Broadgate Search, Biotalent, as well as a job board for people who have served in the military. Have I got that right, Helena? You have. Yes. Hi, Glenn. Yeah, it's um, ex-military careers. It's our own social enterprise. Yeah. Um, Helena is uh, is relatively new to Tronovo Group. Uh, I think we discussed before we hit record is six weeks in, but she's got... Um, She's got a wealth of experience. I think I can put you in the veteran bucket. Uh, oh, yeah, I am. I'm knocking on the door of 40 uh, next month. So. <laughs> uh, but it's been, it, it, it has been, you know, a long career in terms of in the recruitment world. So I think just as kind of a, an intro, uh, you know, that, that whistle stop tour of your of your career to where you are now would be great for, for everyone listening. Yeah, great. Thanks. So, yeah, um, recruitment marketing for about 20 years now. Um, started um, at 18, actually, before I went to university, working for Fres, as it was then, which is now the Recruitment Employment Confederation. The you RBC. must have really wanted to be in recruitment. I, I didn't even know what recruitment was, <laughs> to be honest. I think I was literally started a week after my 18th birthday. I didn't get into the uni I wanted, so I decided to work for a year. Um, and uh, yeah, and I did ended up doing three years there and um, went into the marketing team um you know loved it and then decided to go back to uni at 21 continue to work for them through uni um which was great because I had to pay my fees yeah. <laughs> and um and then yeah went went back there when I graduated for two years before moving into the the dark side of recruitment so yeah, yeah. um um yeah so that was that was the sort of early part but it was great actually because you worked across all the different sectors mm. um you know it was very much I was involved with that membership and membership events and you know policy um you know getting sort of papers ready for for policy review so really kind of a great grounding in 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 industry not much budget though not much budget no not much budget although we did used to run what is now the recruiter awards so that had a big budget yeah. um it used to be run by the rec those events i can tell you in the uh, late 90s <laughs> early 2000s were something to remember <laughs> I'm not um, sure they've changed a huge amount. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, and then I went from there to um, be the brand manager for Crone Corkill, which is still going. Um, and uh, during my time there, they went through a number of buyouts. So um, the last one being Advantage Professional, which was a huge, at the time, sort of top 10 size-wise um, US-based recruitment business. So um, big transition there into sort of a rebrand and trying to sort of shoehorn a, the US into a UK, you know, facing, which which had its challenges, as you can imagine. Um, and then in 2010, I was um, 
approached about joining the SR group um, to set up their marketing function, um, which was pretty non-existent at that time. There was one person there um, who had just sort of moved over, Katie, who um, is flying in her recruitment career now, head of marketing. Um, And uh, so, yeah, we kind of built it from there, really. And I did 10 years there until, yeah, 11 years um, until joining Trinovo recently. So that is a very whistle-stop tour. (laughs) Yeah. And and for for those who who might not be familiar with the SR group, they might be familiar um, with With some of the brands, especially their marketing brand, Carter Murray. Yeah, Carter Murray, um, Fraser Jones, uh, HR, very, very well known in the HR space. Taylor Root, uh, legal and compliance, so very well known in that space. Um, Brewer Morris, Tax and Treasury. So yeah, very strong, strong brands. Yes, our group's less well known, but they're yeah. kind of brand first, really. And and what you know, you you kind of went in there, like you said, to start up the the marketing department from from that kind of that 10, 11 year period, like you said, what what was it like in terms of growth, in terms of team and, and things? Because I think a lot of people listening are always interested in terms of you know, team growth and the the right approach to growing teams, especially for kind of multinational and, and multi-brand businesses, which which you're in now as well, of course. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we ended, so we started, as I said, there was one person there. Um, and when I left, we had a team of 11. Um, so it was quite big growth. A business grew a lot in that time as well. So we went from sort of four or five offices to 14 offices in, in 10 countries. So so I scaled the marketing team to sort of match that business growth and help, you know, help drive that business growth, really. Um, and we ended up with, you know, somebody in, in Australia looking after that market, somebody in Hong Kong looking after our, our Asia business um, and somebody in Dusseldorf looking after Germany. I mean, in Germany, you really need to have, you know, someone that can speak the language. And, and it's really important to have, you know, multilingual content Um offline and online translated there's not google translated yeah absolutely um i mean we we were operating in um italy amsterdam you know but various places but and actually that was always english um business language it was absolutely fine but certainly in germany you needed to have that that multilingual so so that was quite important um and actually the team went through a couple of different iterations really as as the business grew so i started by sort of plugging people in from a um from a function perspective so plugging someone into a design role plugging somebody into a digital role plugging somebody into you know events um but actually then as we grow as we grew it became important to actually start looking at brand specifics because what i found was that you ended up having everybody sort of involved in everything you know because um and everyone would be knocking heads and sort of stepping on each other's toes so then we ended up having brand specialists um for the bigger parts of the business and then where we had multi-brand but much smaller teams in places like Australia and Asia we had um, marketing specialists that would look across the brands but very regional specific because it became very difficult to I mean for a number of years you know I managed marketing for Australia you know for our Sydney and Melbourne offices from London (laughs) so it was very difficult because obviously the time difference you know flying out there every every year and um you know you just needed somebody on the ground you know so so we we, we kind of as the, it just it was kind of flexing all the time um so we ended with the, with the team of 11 we ended with we ended with um sort of brand marketers location marketers and then specialist functions so 
as I said, you know, digital design, et cetera, that they would all lean on and and, and work with. So that's how we ended up sort of, you know, at, at the end. But it did it did need to go through a number of iterations, really, as the, as the business grew. I think having that agility is is important, you know, even more so in a recruitment business, which is quite entrepreneurial. You know, sometimes as marketers, we're hit by the news that, oh, yeah, we're opening up an office in, in a new place next week. Can, mm. can you help us? Uh, but I think because this conversation comes up quite a bit it's like well how do we grow the team you know what do the roles look like I think it's important to say there isn't any there's not going to be one fixed way that's going to work like like you said if you've gone through iterations uh, at SR group and I'm, I'm sure you're you're looking at it now at Trenovo which we'll come on to is that being able to retain that agility to adapt to what the business needs from a sales function location function is is key so don't kind of get stuck in your way I think in that sense is it yeah absolutely you've got to be agile and you know and also presents opportunities you know I had I had somebody go out from you know the UK team that went in and and set up the Australia marketing you know on the ground function which was a great opportunity for him I mean he's still um, doing really well in, in recruitment marketing but you know and it, and it provides opportunities in the in the team but you know recruitment is very fast-paced and you say you know we're opening next week I actually had one where we opened last week you know <laughs> <laughs> we've now got this brand you know in New York it happened last week didn't you know no <laughs> but you know it, it's just the nature you know it's, it's people-led business if you found the right person you sort of you know acted on it quickly so um, yeah you needed to be agile and, and be willing to sort of um flex things around really and how and how do you think like in terms of tactics and things uh, that have changed over you know your your career um you know we're, we're very similar ages and, and had, <laughs> you know scarily kind of like similar journeys in the types of we businesses do. that we've worked in but what what do you think has changed in terms of you know recruitment marketing in in, in what we do how we do it over that period Oh, well, I mean, God, where do you start? I mean, it's a totally different world, isn't it? I mean, I remember even when I started at the SR group, which, as I said, was in 2010, it wasn't that long ago, 90% of their budget at the time was spent in print media advertising. You know, we were all pouring over these tiny little, you know, adverts, you know, 30 to a page. Um, You know, it's just, you know, and I mean, that just, you know, that's just completely moved on now. But don't I need think, to proofread anything anymore. You can just no, edit. Yeah, I know. And just having tools like Canva and, yeah. you know, I mean, just all these different things. But it just, you know, but I think, you know, the biggest the biggest shift chain is it's obviously going to be technology. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's actually that sort of integrations piece for me, you know, how those sort of that the recruitment um tech out there now is is you know and everything sort of you know building your tech stack and having all of those things integrated you know your 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 you know your CRM your your marketing automation tool your your, your recruitment Video website and, yeah. you know all of that stuff I think um and just being able to really deep dive into your your candidate journeys you know how people are finding you what they're doing once they found you what's getting them through the door you know how you're pushing people down that funnel on the client side as well I think that's that's the the biggest shift change really and gives us a lot of insight um but there's always you know it's always going to be a bit of a bumpy road to implement this stuff because more often than not you're working with you know data that isn't always as you know great as you'd like it the tracking's not always as you'd like it so you know, at the moment, you know, 
when I will come on to Chernobyl, but it's all it, the first thing you've got to do is kind of get get your house in order, really, and then you can start to sort of build on that with with that sort of tech stack. Yeah. Do Do you think your own kind of skill set has has changed in that time in terms of you know being more involved in that tech stack? It's it's a very blurry line, isn't it? Now yeah. between kind of brand marketing, technology integration, but my opinion is that the best marketers are the most progressive marketers who are going to make the most impact and probably get the highest standing within recruitment businesses are the ones who actually want to be involved in all of that and understanding that the tech whether they use it as marketers day in day out or not all feeds into that bigger experience piece for candidates for clients and for internal staff so did you naturally gravitate mm -hmm. to being involved in that or were you one who's like oh, I don't want to be doing this <laughs> oh no no I definitely yeah naturally I mean I'm, I'm really interested in it I'm yeah. I'm a bit of a data geek I love technology um you know and and as you say it's all about the experience you know and and I'm I'm I was always very passionate that if I'm spending some money on something, I want to know that there's a return, you know, and I don't know the answer to that unless I've got the right tools and the right tech in place and the right tracking in place. Um, I don't want to go into a room and have to push for, you know, a £1 million budget if and, I can't and say, oh, yeah, you can't you can't put a value on that. Yeah, finger in the air, you know, it just doesn't add up. We're in a sales business, you know, it's all about the bottom line. And, you know, when it comes to, to that kind of spend and you've got, you know, you need to, to you need to think about, you know, what revenue needs to come in in order to to you know pay for that stuff and how you're going to help drive that revenue so i think that's really important and you know yes it's a natural involvement i mean we didn't just wake up one morning and have all of this tech at our fingertips you know this is kind of been a gradual mm. a gradual process so i think those of us that have been around for a little while um have sort of you know we've grown up with it haven't we you know we've kind of had bit by bit added in looking at how can we use that i mean i remember when i started using linkedin um you know and we had to do a a business case to get you know five recruiters a recruiter license you know, it's like this huge thing is like, oh, you don't even yeah. think about it it's no you good. wouldn't even consider it but you know the the you know just putting and actually we were one of the first sort of enterprise clients with linkedin so i was a bit of a guinea pig actually and we did they did a bit of a case study for us to um to then you know go and, and sell into other businesses but i was I was really passionate about and I've still got a great relationship with a lot of the guys over there because we were I was really passionate about it and I just thought this is going to be absolutely game changing and I really wanted us to kind of be the ones that were sort of you know and we had a couple of really good senior you know senior advocates of it in the business and we were able to really push it through but there was you know there was a lot of nervousness about it you know we don't want to we don't you know what what is it going to do you know it's going to take our business away you know and i you know that sort of thing so um yeah so but you know so as i say it kind of it came in gradually and you just sort of take product by product platform by platform tech by tech and you know now we're hit where we are really uh, you you uh from conversations we've had previously you've always invested quite a lot on the digital side haven't you on the on the yeah. website in terms of you know just like you say justifying budget and getting quite quite big spend spend there was that you know what what made you think you know we need to invest a lot of money into you know the website development and driving traffic to the website was it just purely we need the candidates that we think that's going to be the best avenue yeah, I think it was an easier 
it was an easier sell internally because the money was already being spent. There was a healthy marketing budget, but it was being spent in places that we couldn't track. We couldn't really know what was working. Um, so it was always about sort of diverting bit by bit. So as I said, you know, when I started, there was about, I would say it's about 90% of budget was print advertising and those kind of, you know, old school sort of methods. And, you know, over a couple of, you know, two to three years, we, you know, took 20%, took 20%, took 20%, you know, just gradually repurpose that, those funds for new activities. We're able to track do a report you know track some more tweak it you know deliver some a report to the you know to the senior leadership team about what that had generated and when you can see those results that then becomes a much easier conversation I think it's marketing 101 as well what you were saying there it wasn't like right we're spending a million pounds here we're stopping spending a million pounds here let's spend it here it's right let's try something keep trying it rather you know do the evolution rather than evolution yeah absolutely and you've got to trial things and you know you've also got to consider that some things will work better in some locations and for some sectors than others you know so it's not a one-size-fits-all so what we used to do was actually say right we're going to have a test group you know we'll take Fraser Jones Germany and you know Brewer Morris UK and Taylor Root Australia for example and use test groups there and really track to see you know were they all getting the same sort of um, positive impact or actually did it work really well because you're talking to lawyers and actually HR people didn't buy into that or whatever it might be Mm. or actually that just doesn't work in the US market or that just doesn't work in Australia so actually you know that was really, um, I think we were really lucky to be able to have, you know, such a, um, a widespread of business because we could test different things and different, and not just with technology, but just even events or, you know, the, the you know, how we, you know, the sorts of um, content that people might be interested in and, you know, the way people interacted with our email campaign, you know, we would see differences in, in people, you know, picking things up on desktop or mobile, you know, all of that kind of thing. So actually just using those sort of smaller parts of the business as little test groups was was super beneficial and and I, I can imagine with you your team especially as it grew and you know you were kind of creating a culture both for your internal team but for marketing within the whole business is that you know some things aren't going to work and that's okay and that I think that's really important isn't it both, both to your own team but also you know if you're selling upwards is put that out there straight away this might not work but if we don't try it we'll never know yeah absolutely and I think that's you know that's really important you know and I think that the business have to be um mindful that you know sometimes you will have to spend a little bit of money and hopefully you know you've done enough due diligence at the front end of the project to know that you know you think it will make an impact but that might not always happen as you say so um but you know and I think it's that you don't want to be left behind you know you don't want to you know be too nervous to do things and you know then you're sort of left behind and everybody else is kind of you know using all this you know doing all these great new things and your sort of business is is not you know that that's not great either but there's I would always find there was a little bit of reluctance to be the first so you know it's just sort of well, it's, it's a lot it's a lot balance. more of a challenge in the in bigger businesses as well yeah. isn't it like that the lonely marketer is sponsored by pager Marketers use Pager to get 90% of those pesky consultants to share relevant content to tap into their networks. You can also schedule social content to your company pages. Pager gives your consultants automated and fully branded job adverts, driving traffic directly back to your website. 
which is then 60% more likely to convert. Not bad. Head over to pager.co, that's P-A-I-G-E-R.co to find out more. If we fast forward to now, I'm going to dive, mm. getting a little bit um, personal, um, you know, what is eight, eight, nine years into your SR group, uh, you got pregnant and had your first kid. Yes, I and did, you, Ellie. Yeah, and then you came back to work for a bit. Then you got pregnant and again. Then and then had, had another one. Kid. So, <laughs> uh, you know, two yeah, children. Yeah, we it took a while and then we had, you know, like buses. <laughs> yeah, so two children in really quick succession. And I, yeah. you know, that, that effectively, you know, took you out of the recruitment yeah. marketing world. We've already said it's very fast paced for, you know, what, effectively for two years? Yeah, I would say so. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I, I know the answer to this because we've spoke about it, but how how what how was it you know and, and it's very recent that you've only just come back you know what with two three two three months kind of back uh, back at work type thing well six six weeks actually yeah yeah, six, yeah. Six back. how, how mm -hmm. was that that you know that that six months when you knew that you were coming back to work and you'd effectively been out for 18 months at that point mm. how was that make like making you feel was there anxiety was there nerves oh there? absolutely and also you know we've also had covid so <laughs> i went on maternity you know just that small thing that also happened so you know i went on maternity leave on the 28th of february last year um and you know at that point it was sort of you know oh god what is this what's happening and obviously we you know we had a businesses in asia and i we already knew that there was a big thing happening and you know um so yeah but I I literally went on maternity leave and then you know a few weeks later lockdowns etc um so it was kind of you know returning to work but also returning to what a, a different working world you know I was just was I didn't really know what to expect you know I didn't know um what what was going on and it was interesting because when I started thinking about you know, Trinovo Group, after they'd contacted me and just thinking about returning to work and, and all of those things, um, you know, I'd kind of had a bit of a digital detox while I was on mat leave, to be honest, you know, apart from sort of the Friday night Zooms with friends and family and whatever, it just took the opportunity just to be with with my girls and, um, and my husband. Um, and, uh, you know, <laughs> but I kind of, you know, put my phone back on, as it were, and, and jumped into LinkedIn for the first time. And the first thing I noticed was that the the world seemed a bit kinder, you know, the kind of content that was coming up in my newsfeed on, on LinkedIn and the sorts of things that people were posting and talking about. It was just very, very different to the world I'd left last year. And, you know, it was very much about, you know, you know, as I said, kind of being kinder, well-being, diversity, you know, the importance of some of these conversations and things that are, are going on. And I think, that was the biggest, I thought, God, you know, actually, there's, there's been a huge shift here. Um, and from a marketing perspective, that that kind of underpins, you know, the kind of things that people want to be talking about, you know, and the, and, and it should direct your, um, you know, the sort of events and, 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 and things like that and webinars and things that you're doing. But and I've joined a business that is super passionate about that anyway, but we'll come on to that. But um, yeah, so it's a, it definitely seemed like a, a, a different world um from a uh knowledge base I felt like I was just thinking I just don't know what's going on right now so 
reached out to my network, including you, Glenn, and and spent probably about three weeks just talking to people, um, which was wonderful, actually, just to kind of reconnect with people and just hear, um, you know, what challenges were, what new technology was out there, what had people been up to. Was there Um, some like imposter syndrome kicking in? Did did you feel that kind of thing potentially? Yeah, I mean, I think I just felt very anxious. I mean, coming back to work as a mum, or a parent returning from a, a period of leave. Um, you know, I've had a number of friends that have done it. I've done it once before. You know, it's it's a very anxious time. You know, you're also, I mean, you're also leaving your your baby. You know, so there's there's that sort of separation. I mean, they talk about them getting separation anxiety. I definitely had separation anxiety, <laughs> yeah, yeah. and I think it was you know exacerbated by the fact that we had just been together for a whole year we hadn't we haven't really seen anybody you know we've just oh, been, yeah, we've pretty much been in lockdown for the whole time so you know I li- I was 24 7 just with with my girls and then suddenly you're sort of torn away from them and they're going into nursery and you know all that kind of thing Don't start you start, Don't you start, start yeah everyone's crying you know you feel like you're a terrible parent you know <laughs> all of these kind of things go on and also you know you're going you're going back into work work you sort of think you know and and there is an adjustment and you know you can't you, you know you you sort of I can't work all the hours God sends anymore because I do you know I do need to see my children and I need you know and uh you know I need to make sure that you know I do have um you know I can do the pickups you know once or twice a week and you know all that all of that kind of thing but I, I found I, I find personally I'm much more efficient mm-hmm. you know I'm I I have um I probably my output is probably far greater than it ever was when um before I had my children you know you just gotta you just gotta get things done you know there's no waffle there's no fluff you just gotta get it get it done you know you've got you've got you you, you can't just think oh I'll be working till eight nine o'clock anyway you know that can sort of wait you know you just you're definitely more efficient but yeah there was definitely you know gosh it was it was it was a big adjustment so I we you know to put it into context we had COVID I had a whole year just with the girls then I not only was coming back to work I was coming back to a new job and we moved out of London Um, so we definitely sort of piled it all on yeah it feels like potentially it sounds really strange saying this but I think we've got to take the positives as much as we can over the past you know year 18 months is that you know COVID in some ways for you and all the the changes, the accelerated change that happened in the world of work has probably kind of like benefited you, you know, whether it is businesses and certainly the business that you're in now, you know, they're, they're kinder, they're more understanding of, of different pressures and t- time, parenting, family, friends, whatever pressures is it in a roundabout way, it's probably helped that transition yeah. back for you. Um, so coming on to, you know, Trinovo, like you say, you 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 left SR Group after the best part of 10, 11 years and you joined you joined Trinovo six or six and a half um weeks ago or five and a half weeks ago. Um very very successful business, uh very um, you know, they're out there, people people know the brands, I I, I feel anyway. Um What's it like going in there, you know, as a group marketing director um, and, you know, kind of taking control of a, of a marketing function of, of, of a business that's doing well already? Because in some ways, that's more of a challenge than going into a business where, you know, there's not much there and you need a lot of work to do. Yeah, it is. I mean, they, they're doing some great work and, and it's extraordinary that there's only been two people in the marketing team doing 
what they've been doing and and hats off to Lucy and Alfie I mean they they absolutely smash it um you know that that I I when I first saw you know saw the brands and and saw what they're doing I was thinking oh they've got a big team here they don't um and they've been doing a, a, a fantastic job of you know that kind of what I call the content and communities piece so are you still hiring yeah 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 if anyone's listening you know oh god yeah we've got we've got five vacancies in the team now well i would say four and a half (laughs) four and a half vacancies um yeah so i'm just i'm just doing that but we've so i'll come on to in a second actually what what that's going to look like um so content and communities piece so Tronovo Group, the brands are very, very strong with their community. So they're probably most well known um, for women in DevOps, which has become a a massive global movement um, representing uh, women in that space, in the DevOps space. Um, It's been going for a a few years now. It's it's absolutely huge. Um, It's so big, in fact, that Apple are now sponsoring it. Um, I mean, you know, the biggest tech company in the world came to us um, and uh, and are sponsoring it. It's really, really exciting. There's a number of other. other Yeah, it's really, really amazing. Um, So so and then we've got, you know, a number of other groups like that. And and they're really there to kind of um, information share. There's webinars, podcasts, you know, Um, actually, a lot of it isn't about jobs and and recruitment. It's actually just about what's happening in that space, which I think people find super valuable. Um, So so and then they've got the the sort of that that sort of comes under the sort of soda social. And then you've got the buyer talent social and the Broadgate um, search social. So they're all doing some some fantastic work um, um, there. Um, I think the um the piece that needs is where i'm going to be a little bit more focused on is around that commercial marketing and sales support marketing i think that's the bit where um we're going to be sort of growing some of um putting some new heads in um to to really grow that out and i think that you know everything from you know the the pitch the actual pitch and bids bids work building you know building that library you know right through to sort of account-based marketing, you know, digital success, using digital to drive lead generation, you know, all of that kind of piece. So is- some of the stuff that's, you know, not visible, everyone, that everything that people knows about the brands is, is quite visual at the moment. Like you say, it's yeah. dense, it's tangible. What you're trying to put in is the the not so sexy stuff that kind of yeah. works in the background that kind of the, the engine behind it that's only going to scale up everything that you're already doing already yeah absolutely so it's that you know it's that boring bit really but you know it really important you know it's process it's systems it's sales thankfully support. you like all that and like i like you, that you geek I, out over I, it. I geek out over that you know i'm happy to let that you know the guys that are doing the content side are absolutely smashing it there's i don't need to get involved in that they you know that I'm not a micromanager. Yeah. Um, they are doing a brilliant job. That's going to, you know, that will continue. But it's really that other side that we need to start, you know, pulling together and and you know just just utilizing that great work that's happening, you know, and making sure that we're shouting about it and we're using that through our marketing collateral and you know we're using it for for lead gen and you know all of that kind of thing. So that's that's going to be the big the big focus for me. And there's also lots of other things, you know, it's a, if the business has grown, you know, 50% over the last year, you know, I mean in a year where lots of companies have shrunk, they've they more than doubled in size. Um, you know, there's there's that kind of 
fast growth with that comes its challenges around you know internal communications you know systems process etc so I'm just looking at um at, at all of those kind of project areas as well to kind of put some some things in place that we can that we can start to you know pull it together there's great appetite for it though so it's you know it makes my job easy you know that's what I was going to say you know you you've outlined some of the priorities there um before you joined Trinovo you know did you already kind of get that side off if you like for for headcount and that and that buy-in was that not like a condition of your employment but it was like if you want us to achieve x y and z these are the resources we need yeah absolutely so as part of the interview process and it was a I think a four-stage process um I had to the the final stage was to present to the board which I had to do on teams um I know normally I would have you know been probably in a in a you know boardroom environment standing up you know doing that I'm yeah. very comfortable doing that Then your whiteboards out and everything. yeah you know yeah. I'm, I'm very comfortable presenting um and this was very strange because I had to do, use teams which I had not really used before and uh and as you know when you pre- when you share your screen and present you can't see anybody so yeah. I had no idea if people were still there if they were if they were really <laughs> engaged with what I was saying if they were you know you know listing um so it was a bit of a strange uh, a strange thing to do but yes it, it went well obviously because they hired me but um I had to uh look at the the, the three-year plan and the great thing about Trinovo is they've got a very very strong idea of where they want to get get to they've got a very strong um strategy they've got a very strong mission and purpose everyone's aware of what that is you know and and actually by sharing that with me I was really able to align the marketing plan and the marketing strategy to that um and you know and what what I needed to do to help them to get there and what resource we would need what key projects would be and what the team needs to look like so that was that was almost pretty much signed off before I'd even started to be honest so you know it's allowed me to kind of hit the ground running really I, I I think that's key you know there's there's plenty of people who I'm sure have experienced interview situations as marketers where they might not get that insight but still say oh can you come up with a you know a marketing plan for the next year with no information you're just like no you know it's it's impossible so I think having that transparency you know before you're even on the payroll uh says a lot and I think there's there's a there's an important lesson in there in terms of you know what you were saying as well for for anyone who's listening who you know, maybe on the job hunt or are interviewing and maybe looking to take even like a step up from, you know, from an exec to a manager or a manager to like a senior manager type type role is that, you know, it you need to kind of position yourself as what you want to be and, you know, set your stall out in terms of what you expect from this role, not in terms of demands and ultimatums, but, you know, put that in early in a, any interview process because, Otherwise, you know, you're getting quite frustrated initially. If you hadn't said that, you know, you needed five new heads and new stuff and it was just like, oh, yeah, thanks for the role. Yeah, it's good salary. Brilliant. I'm going to join the company. And then you came in and said, oh, no, you know, I need these heads. And then it's all of a sudden, well, we can't do we can't do that. Uh, yeah. I don't know. Uh, you know, crack, crack on and sort out uh, the Twitter feed, will you? And you'll be like... <laughs> Yeah, you know, it, I think, you know, being quite clear in what you want to achieve for the business and saying what you expect in terms yeah. of resource to be able to do your role in any interview process, in any career, even if you're even in the business at the moment, it's like it's critical, I think, to your own um, uh, progression and success. 
absolutely and apologies you can hear in the background sir my neighbor mowing their grass <laughs> it's, it's okay I've, um, I've, I, I can hear my four-year-old he's gearing up for a massive tantrum downstairs as well this is the new world that we live this in where people just new... accept, accept it anyway so I wouldn't worry about it yeah exactly um yeah I was going to say actually I think I was a little bit nervous actually part of the my as I mentioned earlier I spent a few weeks sort of talking to people and you know getting some over um I've got a couple of very uh dear friends who are very very successful people and I you know I was a bit nervous about challenging and I think you know and they were sort of jing me up and saying no do it do it because if you don't challenge you know then then you're going to be walking into something that's just not going to be right for you and so I did and actually I think that's the thing I've learned you know in my older years you know just kind of experience has taught me that you do need to you know it's not about going in and saying no we're not going to do that but just really challenging on what is they're trying to do and what you know and how you're going to approach things um and actually with with the leadership team at Trinovo group they've really embraced that they want me to challenge them they want me to kind of tell them what we you know what what I think you know and that's been really empowering and also me meant that I've really felt I can be more confident and but with confidence you're you're more willing to sort of you know put things forward and and you know and I think everyone benefits from that you know so I think that's you know that's really important I think for anyone that's that's looking for an opportunity you need to make sure that you're you're challenging enough through your interview process that you know it's going to be the right fit for you that you know you're going to be able to deliver in the way you want to deliver yeah. um and I think that's you know that's important and that's something I've really learned over the last couple of months uh, you know still learning after you say tw 20 odd years in oh the, yeah every day's a learning day every yeah. day's a learning and day I, I think like those uncomfortable conversations or at least you're creating these uncomfortable conversations how they might go in your head you know whether you're interviewing for a new role or you know you're asking to do a new project or you want to spend a load of money on a new website or a new bit of tech is that those conversations are a lot more uncomfortable in your head than they usually are in reality yeah. I, I, I'm exactly I'm exactly the same if you do just do it a couple of times it makes things like that a lot easier but it sounds really exciting what what what's next in you know we're only five and a half weeks in and you outlined kind of you know what the three-year plan for Trinovo is are, you know are, are you trying to potentially replicate team size everything like you did at SR group are, are there things that you're going to try and do differently or anything like that what what does the next you know six months a year whatever look like yeah, I mean, I think there there will be some differences. I think there's some things that, that we need. You know, we need a designer in the team. I've, I've, I've worked with some brilliant designers over the years, and I've, for the last 15 years, I've had someone sat next to me. So it's a bit of an adjustment to have, you know, uh, an outsource, you know, that being outsourced to a to yeah. an agency. So we need to rectify that quite quickly. Yeah. Um, and just having someone own digital, I think, you know, I mean, it's just goes without saying doesn't it you need you need that but I think in terms of the rest of the team structure it will be a little bit different as I said we're going to have a kind of content and communities team which is pretty much the existing team that's there now and then that kind of commercial marketing team which will will build out so that's a slightly different and and my my thinking with that is that um if you've got two people sort of heading up those two separate areas which are a different skill set actually and you know uh different passions etc then as we grow into the us which is going to be really our mass our biggest growth area um as we move in and and need to sort of plug people in there you know you end up having one content communities one 
mm. you know, commercial marketing that report into that, you know, London-based um, head of role. So, so, and then you start, you know, doing the same in DAC, doing the same, you know, so, so that's how I think I'm going to scale it um at the moment so but obviously you know like we're say, agile we, yeah, we go, back, go back to the very beginning yeah yeah with agile. uh yeah a fascinating conversation i think fascinating kind of career journey for you with a lot of practical insight for people to leave but as always we end the episode with kind of five uh, quick fire questions what is your okay. favorite brand oh at the moment it's who gives a crap um they are a brilliant if you've not heard of them everybody please please use them they're a brilliant social enterprise they donate 50 percent of their profits um to putting um uh, water sanitation toilets into um into places that don't have it they provide toilet paper tissues kitchen roll etc brilliant brand really quirky lovely products same price as your you know your supermarket brand so they are my absolute number one at the moment uh, yeah who gives a crap love it yeah I, I like that i like the way you you answered that so if i just gone favorite brand and you just went who gives a crap people <laughs> you, were, you were just being rude uh, i know yeah. uh, i wasn't what, what, sure if i was allowed to say that on the podcast is this before you the can say whatever you want as we'll find out at the last question uh what's your favorite sound sound well it's got to be the ice in the gin glass hasn't it oh, clinking nice. away yeah. or i would say the sea at the moment just longing to go on holiday as we yeah. all are but yeah well, okay. especially glass in a yeah ice in a gin glass because you haven't been able to drink for a, a what you know a, a long period have, of time when you can nope. drink it twice quickly no i have not um so um, but you can rest assured i've been making up for it recently <laughs> yeah i can imagine um you're you're a self-confessed uh uh geek when it comes to tech what, what's the bit that you couldn't live without oh it's my phone i would say probably yeah. you is know. there any particular app on the phone um my calendar which is i know really boring but i've got a lot to fit in and um you know every five minutes it's sort of you know allocated you know to, to something or other with the children with work etc so that is i know a bit of a boring answer but I couldn't live without it. No, well, we'll just forget stuff, including kids, I think, for if, if, <laughs> if we did have this thing. Yeah. Um, if you could do any job in the world, you know, you've had a two decades worth of working in the recruitment industry. If you could do anything in the world, though, what would it be? Um, I'd like to be a florist. Oh, lovely. <laughs> you weren't expecting me to say that. I'm obsessed with fresh flowers. I go and buy and hunt round for lovely flowers every you know every week or two and I can and I just absolutely think that it looks like a sort of idyllic thing to do I'm sure it's not because you have to get up at four o'clock in the morning and go down to the flower markets but and any good at uh, growing your own I am yeah I'm I'm reasonably well you know reasonably good at that I'm pretty good at flower arranging um my husband is always rolling his eyes at (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> what I come back with yeah um yeah so that's you know but he no, has a motorbike so you know he's not allowed to uh question my spend on flowers that, that, that's true uh <laughs> look, look for the look for the side hustle uh moving yeah. forward with uh, there's Helen, always a negotiation Helen's angle <laughs> yeah exactly uh and your favorite swear word oh it's probably 
I probably say shit all the time and I shouldn't because, you know, I'm around the children, but um, mm. one of which is currently screaming outside the door. So we might need to wrap this up. Yeah, well, there you go. The last question. <laughs> but yeah, as long as you're screaming shit through the door. No, uh, no, not yet. Although I'm really conscious that I mustn't say things in front of them because Ellie's nearly three now and basically whatever I say, she'll repeat. So <laughs> Yeah, no, I, I I know that. I know that feeling as well. I have to be very conscious of it. Uh, Helen, brilliant episode thank you so much thank you glenn it's been a pleasure and um you know good i I can still say good luck five and a half weeks yeah i haven't passed my probation yet so i definitely need good luck (laughs) (laughs) Uh, i'm sure you'll be fine and um if anyone wants to kind of connect with helena you know she's on linkedin like all of us are at the moment Um, and um, and, uh, i'll catch up with you all very soon thanks a lot thanks glenn take care